All right, good evening, everybody. Wherever you're hearing this, uh, this yeah, the, the, uh, we're getting very close to the happiest month of the year. This week, we welcome in the month of Adar. So uh, we're supposed to stay really happy. So this week's Parsha is Parsha's Vayakil. Now, Parsha's Vayakil on the surface seems to be a little bit uh, repetitive, and it is. It repeats uh, basically a bunch of things we already know. It repeats the story of how and the, the whole the building of the tabernacle. And one would think on the surface that there's no point in this in, in this Torah portion. And besides the fact that there is a, an answer to that question about why it was repeated, uh, but I want to focus on is a lot of things which actually are not even repetitions, which are completely uh, new. Uh, you know, ideas that they wouldn't have seen from the previous time. And I think that idea in general is a nice lesson. A lot of times um, you have things that uh, seem to be the same thing again. You're like, oh, what's going on? And a lot of times you look, you look closely and it's not the same thing. And I think this has a very practical application when you deal with people you know sometimes you can have some friend or a family member a co-worker and they seem to be acting i guess strange and you're wondering you know, isn't this something that we spoke about why do they keep doing this and often we know with ourselves that when we do things differently uh we're not just doing the same thing again every time might be something a little bit different so when we experience someone acting towards us what might be a little bit strange and why don't they get it, it really, it, it behooves us to take a closer look or take a step back and think about um, why does this keep happening? And uh, certainly in this, in this week's Parsha, where it seems to be mere repetition, and there is, that is a sign that needs to be discussed, but um, even without explaining why it's not repetitive, there's actually a lot of things there, new ideas, which we learn, and I want to focus on some of those. So the first one, we're all familiar, the Torah talks about the concept of Shabbos, Shabbat, many times. But what is rarely discussed in the actual Torah, and really is mainly relegated to the, to the oral law, are the details of Shabbos. You know, there's all you know. There's 39 uh, main categories of of, of uh, activities on Shabbos that are need to be um, understood how how they how they can or can be done. And this week's parsha has arguably the only detail of how to keep Shabbos. And it's obviously if the Torah, while certainly. The oral law is authoritative, but if the Torah chooses one detail to share with us out of so many thousands of details, this obviously is a really important detail. And what is that detail? Lo sevaru esh biyom hashabbat. 
there's on the surface, this is referring to that the prohibition that we in modern day vernacular would refer to as you can't use electricity on Shabbos. But Zavari waves me there should not be a fire burning in your house on Shabbos. Which, again, we still need the oral law to explain it, but essentially it means, you know, to not, to not, uh, not start a fire, to not uh, raise a fire. And without getting into all the details of that, because that's not what I, what I like to focus on, the, all the, um, the Bali Muslim, the people who teach us about character development, they say here that it, the ish, the fire referred to here, metaphorically, refers to the fire of anger. And the Torah is giving us a special directive that lo sevaru ish, there should not be a fire burning in your house on Shabbos. It should person has to be extra careful to not have anger on Shabbos. Certainly, obviously, a person can maybe have some feelings that trigger, but certainly not to act on them. Obviously, never, never want to act in an angry way. But specifically on Shabbos, we're directed to do that. And the all the Bali Musra, they talk about how specifically. You know, whenever there's a potential for good, so Hashem tests us and has to push it that, you know, maybe we, we, we got we to, gotta, you know, work hard to make sure that these experiences, in fact, are meaningful experiences. So you may have some extra stress. There's a lot to do, a lot of people around. And there is, everyone knows, a certain amount of tension. It's well known that is there and in, in possibly there in preparing for Shabbos and on Shabbos, and, and that's why we get a special direction to, to be extra careful. And there's a famous uh, rabbi, um, actually a friend of mine's grandparents, he was Rabbi Elia Lapian. And to get into his yeshiva, there was a list of rules, house rules. And this yeshiva had a, had a, had a big emphasis on character development. And in this yeshiva, it said one of the rules, the most yeshivas have a rules, you know, you can't go to this place, you can't go to that place, you can't have this. This yeshiva had a rule by signing up to come to this yeshiva, you're signing up to agree to endeavor as much as you possibly can to not talk, act in an angry way on starting on Friday through Shabbos. That's an incredible thing. And we know in Judaism how much emphasis is put on one controlling anger, not getting angry, not acting on it. You know, a person can actually, you know, feelings come, but feelings come from opinions that people have about what's appropriate. And obviously at the time it's hard to work on them, but in general, a person is supposed to work on themselves to, to, be a, to be a person who doesn't anger easily, and a person does get angry, to calm down easy. And throughout the Torah, they, they, there's so many stories. You have the famous story with Hillel, where uh, someone tried getting him angry, and they couldn't get him angry. And, and basically, he, 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 he teaches in that story 
how 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 it's like you know from the, from the most admirable important things to to do what it takes um, to not get angry and it's a very difficult thing to do and really what you got to do is you got to surround yourself and have friends who reinforce this and uh, as much as possible to, to 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 make that it's a real it's a real um, it's a real priority in, in Judaism. And, um, it says in the Talmud that uh, a person gets, you know, angry. It's like serving idols. And I heard a famous question. Many people talk about it. I remember hearing my friend talk about it. And he said, why, why is anger compared to idol worship? And I think it's a, basically everyone says this, but I just remember hearing of a friend elaborating on it. That what's the concept of idol worship? Idol worship says there is no God, is no all-powerful God. There's this basically useless God in front of me that I can't really, I don't have to answer to, and that's part of the attraction of such a, of such a thing. Um, but when a person gets angry, we all know we can get to the point where we literally, anything can happen. Anything can happen person can get angry and uh, we all have to all of us and uh, we know how irrational we can get and we can really be a person who believes in God and believes in all good but when you get angry you really um, you really can be out of control and, uh, and but it's a part of the human, human condition people we do get angry sometimes and there's so many things we learn from the from our status uh, you know it's, it's but, but it's common wisdom but it's not so common you know, one of the famous ones that says it was a great rabbi who had a an anger jacket. What's an anger jacket? Anger jacket was he can get angry, but he's got to put the jacket on first. And it was it was kind of a mind game that by the time he gets the jacket on, he catches himself and and doesn't say something um, he, he he regrets saying. And uh, it's a common thing today. You know, you have texts and emails, and it's so quick you can type something and then. So they say, you know, if you have something, a very charged message that you need, sometimes you do need to send things that are, are you know, not, not easy. And um, they say, you know, to, to, to not write the a person's name, the uh, person you're sending it to, and maybe wait, wait, to let it sit overnight. So we can't, we can't belabor the point of how crucial that is, and we know how much we uh, value people who are people who are developed in this area, and we know how uninspiring it is when it's uh, not done. And, and we all do it. A person shouldn't, you know, feel they're a horrible person, but you know, it's certainly part part of life that uh, probably I think every single human being has to work on. We should all, uh, if we think about it, the best time to work on it is not when a person is being challenged. I just wanted to mention that it's worth it's worthwhile to uh, to you know have in mind you know we, we believe the whole world's connected and and uh, there's certainly a, 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 a hard time in the universe now with the uh, war going on in uh, Ukraine and uh, you know we should uh, you know the, uh, we should uh, our heart goes out to everyone and we uh, Hashem should have mercy on on the world. And uh, give all the leaders the um, wisdom they need. So another idea. So it talks in this week's Torah, like we mentioned in the past. You know, the tabernacle was a 
the was the paradigm of what a fundraising campaign was. People just gave tons and generously, and there's a lot of things that can be learned from the story. And the Ksav Sofer, he points out one thing. It says how everyone gave, and it seems to be repetitive. It says the Jewish people gave, and then it says the Bnei Yisrael gave. Bnei Yisrael usually is affirmed to the, to the, the sons of Israel. It's a reference to the general Jewish people. But the Ksav Sofer points out that it's rather redundant. And he shares with us an interesting insight. Here, when it says children of Israel, it actually means that they were, at the time, where there were many actual children, children of Israel, the children of Israel, who saw their parents, saw their friends and the neighbors and all the adults being so benevolent and giving, and the, the kids gave whatever they had, they gave it to the cause also. And the Ksavsofer says that this is a, a this is a, a um, an example of the common idea that the best way to teach is by example. Yeah, sometimes you got to say things, but by far the greatest impact we have on other people. Sometimes we want to impact someone else. We'll go away, going to say to them, but we know, you know that you know people. People see, especially kids see, but everybody sees. There's a, there's a similar concept of Kamayim Panim Alpanim, that the people react to the way they see. Sometimes you can have someone who's not at, treating you nicely or acting angrily towards you, and you don't really know um, how to deal with that. And often you just you just uh, act the way that you'd want them to act to you, and uh, comes back at you. So that was the idea we see here that the even the uh, the children of the Jewish people um, gave generously. So it, it, another point that that's mentioned when it talks about giving the money, it says anyone whose heart motivated them gave money. It's an interesting thing, you know. Just say whoever gave money. You know, I just was in a fundraising show in Baltimore. People give money. Why is the Torah taking of its precious words about to say that the um, that the their hearts motivated them? And this is a famous thing that um, even more important sometimes than is the actual physical kindness you do to someone can be the heart that's involved in it and. Uh, so he says that God wants our heart and human beings want our heart. You know, you, a lot of times we, we have difficult situations with people and, and a lot of times we really just want to know that the person cares and we can handle a lot. If we know the person cares, we can look over a lot of things and we see that here as well. Like God is, God is modeling that and saying, look, you know, I want your gifts. Your gifts are needed, but we, um, we want your heart. Your heart's got to be in it. And really with anything, we know in Judaism that uh, that uh, while we have so many commandments and so many mitzvahs, things we are supposed to do, things that we are not supposed to do, and uh, but we got to get our heart into it. And that's a challenge. I was talking to a friend of mine who did not grow up, um, you know, observing uh, the, the Torah, and he one time lamented to me that, you know, you know, you got it easy, Rabbi Carp. You know, you grew up religious. You know, you're an automatic pilot. 
with your kashras and your Shabbat and your Torah study and your tefillin and your prayer. And I said, first of all, I get, you know, I think people still have challenges doing this stuff, even though they've been doing it their whole life. But I appreciate it's a certain level of that. It is easier if a person's been doing it since they were a child. But I pointed out to him, you so you know what? God doesn't look, God's looking for heart. And I challenge that people who have been doing some of their whole lives, and I'm not saying that people who don't aren't aren't able to do to 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 in fact um, do do this, but it is a challenge when you're used to doing something from the time you were not really understanding it as a little child. It's uh, to then you know put heart into something you're already doing. You know if you become do start doing something later in life, so then you. To do it at all, you got to have your heart in it. Um, so that's something that you know we have to try when we do things to get to get our heart into it, heart in. And, and that's a lot of what uh, you know. I think my my, my what, what I try to do, uh, what I try to share, and hopefully it inspires me as well. That you know, the more it's hard to get your heart into something that you don't really understand. So when you understand something, it makes it a lot easier. Okay, let's move along over here. So there's this child prodigy called Bitzalel. Bitzalel was 13 years old, and he was the master architect um, manager for the whole tabernacle project. And the Torah discusses him a little bit uh, at length over here. And it says that he was filled with wisdom. And the um, one of the commentaries says that, and he he bases this on uh, one of the writings from King Shlomo, Shlomo Melech. And it says that he got how did he achieve such massive wisdom at any age, and certainly at such a young age. And he says that he achieved wisdom by having wisdom. He achieved wisdom by having wisdom. So the commentary say, what's that about? <laughs> One second. Well, how do I get wisdom in the first place if I have to have wisdom first? And this is based on a Pusik in Shlomo Melech, which says that the, the origins of wisdom is to acquire wisdom. And the basic idea is that Wisdom is a gift. Yes, IQ is also a gift, but but uh, people are generally born with certain tendencies and certain general capabilities. But to get wisdom is a gift. I know not everyone has it. You have people who can have the same IQ, and people get that wisdom, a certain uh, high-level wisdom. Uh, wisdom is not necessarily to be confused with information. And Hashem often gives people... Hashem often gives people what he, when they see they want something. They really want something. They work at something. And Hashem sees that they use it in an appropriate way and they want more and more. Hashem says, you know what? That's where I'm going to give my blessing of wisdom. They say the same thing with wealth. If someone is blessed with wealth, and, and the best thing to, to ensure getting more wealth in a spiritual sense is to make sure that you are a good steward of that wealth. 
God says, hey, you know, that guy gives charity. He's kind with his money. He doesn't let the money get to his head. I'm going to give him more. And that was what this young child did. He had a huge desire for wisdom. And therefore, God gave him more. And, you know, we all are born in different life situations, physical, spiritual, intellectual, you know, and sometimes we may feel that our deck of cards, our life situation, uh, we got dealt a bad deck. And therefore, I can't do anything. But often what God does, and I've seen this, is he may give someone, let's say, a deck of cards, which may seem to not be stacked so well. But if a person pines and is interested and wants good things, uh, God, God responds to that very much. And I, I've seen that. I've seen that being uh, hanging around a, a Shiva, a real Kosh, many years. I've seen, you know, brilliant people not be so successful because they really weren't so interested. And I've seen people who are on the surface even thick, even slow, uh, uh, work hard and, and, and really almost get supernatural abilities their their their, their capacity uh, expanded but there's another level to this there's another line we say it uh, every morning and uh, one of the one in one of the waking up prayers is Hashem. the beginning of wisdom is um, fear of God. And it's really a similar thing. You know, I believe studies show that some of the most evil people to ever live had extremely high IQs. And it's, um, and people wonder, how, how is it possible? How is it possible that you can have such a brilliant person who uh, who seems to, uh, to 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 be so shallow that they can't even understand basic basic human ideas? And the answer is that which we say every um, every morning. The beginning of wisdom is to have fear of God. And there's so many bad things that we've seen in some of the worst movements to ever. Across this planet were movements that were based on there not being a God, that they're not being morality, they're not being threat to morality. And it's not just, you know, not, not saying there aren't decent people, but there is an extremely big danger. And we learn that at the beginning of wisdom, you must have that fear of God, you must have that objective morality, uh, which really can only, in its true sense, come from Hashem. A couple more ideas, then we'll wrap up. Um, so more on this wonder child. So another one of the things that Pitzalah had, now you then had, you have all these people who really were slave laborers and they needed like highly skilled, detailed, fine artisans in all areas of art. And no one really knew how to do it. And one of the, the amazing things that Bitsal had besides the incredible wisdom, and we all know just because a person's brilliant and they're very smart and they're very knowledgeable, it's a whole nother skill set to impart that knowledge. 
And this boy, this young man, he had that ability. And Rabbi Palm points out that if you look in the Torah, God plucked him out. He told Moshe, I'm calling out. You see that boy there? He's the man. And we look and we think of all these talents that he had. We just think about it. You know, God obviously saw in his wisdom to reveal to the world perhaps many of these skills that this boy had that he wouldn't have never known he had and perhaps could have lied dormant and not uh, not achieved all the incredible things that were achieved. Rabbi Palm points out that this is a lesson to ourselves, you know. There's a mitzvah. It's kind of a little bit of a, I'm paraphrasing a little bit. There's a mitzvah, ladat es atzmo, dat atzmo, to know yourself. You know, we all have a unique mission in the world. And, you know, obviously we need to keep the Torah. That's the first level. But there's a another part, which means that we all have a little bit of a unique piece. None of us are the same. And as, you know, as children, as parents, we try to foster this in our children. But as adults, it's our obligation as human beings and certainly as Jews to get in touch with ourselves and learn ourselves. And when you find something that you're particularly good at or you have a knack for, that means that that's a clue that, that God wants you to use that. And, and, and it's not for waste person has to know how to deal with that, obviously it has to be within the parameters of the Torah. Of course, there's obviously this idea has been corrupted over years. People say, look at this amazing talent. I have to use it and use it for something and that's wrong. But there's if a person has a talent, there's a way to use that talent the way it's supposed to be used. And, and no person uh, need, needs to learn themselves. And that's a, such a big favor when you see someone and it could be, uh, it doesn't have to be a big glorious thing. You know, there's Things that people can be good at that that are very not glorious, and any any simple quote unquote person can have them. When you tell someone they're good at something, um, it's uh, it's a huge kindness. First of all, it makes them feel good, but even more than that, someone says to you, "Hey, you know, um, this happened to me yesterday. Actually, I was fundraising in Baltimore, and there was someone I've been trying to ask them for money for years, and." Um, I, you know, I never, they never connected, and finally, for some reason, yesterday, he, um, he, uh, you know, he, um, he responded to my correspondence, and we're talking, and I, I, I give him my pitch, and he said, you know, Rabbi Karp, you know, uh, I'm, I, I really like your, I like your, your way you go about things. And I thanked him. He said, well, he said, Rabbi Carbon, you realize I'm I'm complimenting you. <laughs> and he really, he really was seemed like that's something he was very important to him to to make me feel good and recognize something that that he thought was uh was 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 a good thing. And thank God he did give me a, a nice generous donation. Uh two more things. So it discusses these artisans who were never artisans beforehand. But the Torah says that it was similarly to the donating of the money. It said, whosoever heart was inspired. And 
the commentaries say that people who previously had no knowledge or ability in the, in the areas because they wanted to help miraculously, they quickly learned or even just it worked. And again, we see that, uh, you know, everything comes from Hashem. Hashem wants our heart. If you want something and you really want something, Hashem will help you. Lastly, before we do a quick review, the Malbim discusses how the tabernacle, this incredibly beautifully detailed ornate building and all the clothes, everything about it was just so detailed and so beautiful. Mamo explains that this was really a microcosm of the Jewish people. You know, there's many, many, today certainly, many millions of Jews. And, you know, we're all different, very different. We each have our job. And the tabernacle represented each one of those, each one of us. And the way the tabernacle worked is that a lot of this stuff interlocked and it was woven into each other. You needed all the details. You missed some details. It's not the tabernacle. And that's true about the Jewish people as well. We need everybody. There's no one who's insignificant. And I saw Rabbi Palm brought out this point. He said, you know, that's something that we need to be thinking about. We see another person, another Jew, and we say, eh, they don't seem to be doing their job, and it's not their fault. They have no idea. Do we, we besides the fact that we should care about them to help them, but even if you're a little bit motivated selfishly, which obviously is not ideal, but sometimes people need that to get themselves rolling, and that you need them. You need the other person. I need you. You need me. We all need each other. We're all different. We bring different things to the table. And God has a master plan for the world, and we need everyone. And if we think about that, and we believe that, and we inculcate that, then we will naturally, it will be a natural little progression that we'll have, we'll treat people nicer, we'll have more respect for them, and uh, the world will be a great place. So quick review. We started off saying how while this parsha seems to be repetitive, there's so many new ideas in it. And often uh, when you see someone acting in a way that seems to be, well, they keep doing the same thing again. There's usually something, something going on. Take a step back. Think about it. And there's a reason why something's happening. It says in the parsha, Lo sivaru eish says that there should not be fire lit in your houses. Commentary say refers to the, the, the anger. Persons should be extra careful on Shabbos to not act in an angry way. You saw the Ksav Sofer share with us how the, um, the, the children so, were inspired to give because they saw the adults giving and realized how much we can influence another person. And the biggest way is with how we act and we can, we can motivate people and inspire them and even uh, in a healthy way, manipulate uh, in a good way. We learned about how the money, God cared about the heart, gave their heart, they were, they were interested. You know, people care about, about what you do. Um, we learned how this prodigy child was filled with wisdom and he got wisdom 
Because he had wisdom. And how did he get the wisdom? Because he wanted the wisdom. And how do you know how to use that wisdom well also? Because he feared God. He understood how to use wisdom. And that's saying we do we want good, we want we want wisdom, we want blessing, we have to want it, and then we have it, cherish it, and use it for the right things. We learned from a palm how these incredible, these incredible gifts that the um, that the um, that the, the, the this, this young man had were were gifts that you know God had to point them out to him. It says Hindi karasi b'shem. You know, you you can if you see someone has a talent for something, or look for the talent that you have. And if you see someone else has a talent, there's almost no greater kindness you can have than to point someone out as something that they're good at. And again, good at doesn't have to be glorious and famous. You know, with kids, you know, we do it all the time. You see a little kid do, do a little thing, you're like, wow, look, you know, you're good at that. Try it again. Uh, but it, adults need to hear that too. We all need to hear that. We all, first of all, we need the encouragement. But even sometimes you, a person can go through life not even realizing that they may be uh, good at something. Again, we see by the work, people didn't necessarily have the previous training, but if they wanted to help and they were interested, Hashem gave them the opportunity. And lastly, we saw the famous Malbin who says that the whole, that the tabernacle is a microcosm of all the Jewish people, all different stripes, all different colors. And uh, we need the same way the tabernacle needed everybody. Um, we need everybody. Everyone's needed. Um, and if we pay attention, yes, we can believe it on a metaphysical level that, you know, yeah, everyone's needed. But if you actually believe that and you think about it and you start to pay attention to other people, you can see how you need everybody. I can, I, you know, it's sometimes it's, it's actually for, for me, sometimes it's very easy. Now, thank God I have uh, eight kids. And uh, very rarely are they all home. But uh, when they're all home, and then one of them is not there, or the other one's not there, there's a distinct, um, there's someone missing. Now, that's easy, because God, I think, uh, programmed parents to feel that way. And also, obviously, I know them much better than I would someone on the street. But I think it's a good paradigm, because other people feel that way about their kids. <laughs> and other people feel that way about their good friends and their parents and this and that. So if so, most people have people in their life that think that they're God's gift to mankind. So that means that most people, really, really everybody, is God's gift to mankind. So I think that's a very good uh, vibe to have as we go into the month of Adar. Um, pretty much the best way to be happy is to feel good about yourself and to help other people feel good about themselves. And like you said, this should be, I know right now there's all kinds of emails and social media messages about giving charity and saying prayers for the uh, really world crisis that's going on in, uh, in Ukraine. And uh, besides, obviously we have empathy for, for all, all mankind. Uh, we certainly have a lot of family there uh, as the Jewish people. And um, uh, it's, uh, Hashem should have mercy on the world, and all whole pain should, should, should go away, all war should go away, and we should have a true uh, Shabbat Shalom.